Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. A lot of local stuff coming up here in the next 45 minutes. From the Philadelphia Voice to the Philadelphia Inquirer and also Penn State and Riley Gaines. I just saw the front page of the New York Post. Just um, chilling. Uh, It says pure evil. On the left, you see the explosion of one of the bombs going off. Hamas threatens to kill 150-plus hostages, including a 5-year-old and a 3-year-old little girl if Israel continues to strike back for terror attack. And on the right-hand side of the paper, they show these two beautiful girls, 5 and 3 years old, respectively. But I noticed something, and I, I told Greg this during the break. For the last, I don't know, a couple of months or so, the New York Post, in the top left corner, which they always do, um, has the United States flag. And then in the top right corner, they have the Ukraine flag. Well, the Ukraine flag is no longer there. And it now says the typical black box of page six, which is a section of their newspaper. And I'm wondering, because we know that uh, polling numbers have shown uh, support has waned for the United States to continue helping Ukraine. It's gone down and down and down. I think it's at like 41%. I actually thought it would be a little higher than that, and I was wrong last week when I said it. I'm, I was guessing it's probably about 54 or 55%. Um, I think that's a, a that's intentional. That's that, that was done by design. I think it's a bad well, look if they kept the Ukraine flag up with this Israel stuff going on. Well, before you say that, let me just I have the digital copy here. Oh, am and I wrong? well, you're not wrong. There's okay. not one on today's front page, but okay. they don't do it every day. Oh, so like uh, October 8th uh, doesn't have it. It's it's. It says late city final on the right-hand side. Oh, it's a different edition. October 7th does. October 6th doesn't. It says page swift instead of page 6. Page swift. October 5th doesn't. It says page... That's just for you, baby. Yeah, no, just just for me to get my blood going. Page swift as well. So there are... It looks like that it's not... It looks like that, you know, when it's a late edition... Okay. uh, ...that they don't put it up there. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you so very much. Uh, yeah, just just a clarification. Now we, we can see tomorrow yeah. if they don't have it. I'd like tomorrow. to actually track that. Yeah. I'm curious about I will. that. I will because uh, I got to believe that they're somewhat cognizant of uh, the thought that some Americans are starting to sour on the Ukraine funding. Which, by the way, I guess now Biden is trying to get ready for a 100 billion dollar package, basically saying this is all you're ever going to get. This is we're going to give it a one big lump sum. Uh, and Zelensky is starting to panic, thinking funding might dry up, which I got to imagine eventually it does and it will all right 703 let's get some news here in hour number two and then we will get to this story with a fired philadelphia voice writer uh for voicing his opinion outside of what he's paid to cover surprise surprise but let's get the news and here is the great don stenzlin and good morning it's uh tuesday morning october 10th here we are we are sponsored by rhino shield this morning and as we update you, if you're just waking up, day four, Israel at war with Hamas after these unprecedented historic attacks. And so I just want to update you quickly as we talk about where we are. Israel pounding Gaza with these deadly airstrikes and displacing some 100,000 people, sending waves of, this is the headline this morning, sending waves of injured Palestinians to hospitals which are becoming 
overwhelmed. As far as Israel's U.N. ambassador says the country's priority is to, quote, obliterate Hamas terrorist capabilities after the militant group threatened to kill civilian hostages and then broadcast their executions. And you just, Nick Kale just previewed for you, some of these are as our young children, toddlers, kindergartners. And so they're threatening to kill civilian hostages and broadcast their executions if airstrikes target Gaza without warning. The number of hostages held in Gaza right now, and Gaza is that that small area, that small stretch of land we've talked about that is that is in essence ruled by Hamas. So the number of hostages this morning estimated between 100 and 150. And we're being told that Hamas has claimed it is holding more than 100 captives, including Israeli army soldiers. The update this morning, at least 900 people have died in Israel, more than, and, and they're saying uh, 680 Palestinians have been killed since the conflict erupted Saturday. And that's the way that CNN worded it. I'm looking at the way the media broadcasted. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, they're writing this passively, have been killed since the conflict erupted. And mm. I'll just point to those verbs and the choices yep. because it didn't erupt like a volcano erupts. Right. This was a planned attack Correct. by from one group to the other. So I was just, I, I always love to look at the different uh, writing, which is unfortunate to me. Yeah. Because it's so biased. It is. You, you mentioned the uh, televised or the broadcasted um, executions. This, uh, and as soon as you said that, I immediately went to DuckDuckGo and looked up, because I remember this almost 20 years ago. Do you remember the Wall Street Journal reporter of Jewish oh, descent, Daniel Pearl? Of course, yeah. And he was uh, beheaded on, on some live stream or whatever. I think this was 03, 04-ish. I think he was captured in 02. So, I mean, this is what they do in terror Sadly, um, it's about inducing fear, and they do that for shock value to send a message. And you know, a, I, I I'd hate to be anybody in one of these negotiating rooms, right? Because you're like, you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. It's like you got to do what you can to get the the person out and free him, but you also don't want to show weakness. Yeah, I know. It's a tough spot. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? Right. I, I mean, Lindsey Graham will play that at seven forty-five. It basically says that we should go over there and just start bombing Iran's oil fields. Um, I don't think that's the answer. That's either. not a diplomatic answer. No, <laughs> well, he's a diplomatic idiot. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, the movie <clears throat> Iron Eagle when they're, when they're dropping the bombs over on the on the oil refineries. So uh, the two other headlines I'll just share with you quickly. As far as Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he vows that he's vowing to the the terrorist group Hamas uh, as savages and saying that what we do to our enemies in the coming days will reverberate with them for generations. And this as airstrikes pound Gaza ahead of the ground invasion, despite the threats to execute those hostages by Hamas. So Hamas came back then, and the Hamas commander, and came back and said, well, Israel is only the, quote, first target. And there was a, a newly resurfaced video that they're they're now playing everywhere, but we're hearing from Hamas these veiled threats, if you will, that that's only the first target. So then the question becomes, where else? Yeah, who who and when, right? Um. So I I heard who was it Ari Fleischer yesterday. I was talking on one of the shows as I was scanning through everything, and he had said 
these individuals, what they did to teenagers and kids and college-age students yesterday mm-hmm. is what they want to do to us. Yeah. If they are in this country, if they have snuck in here due to our leaking borders, this is what they would want. And Ari was with the Bush administration, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, because their God tells us that we are infidels. Right. What they say. I, I, so I... <laughs> I get chill bumps when I, you know, talk about all of this because mm-hmm. it's not like we want to predict it, but, but I, I think for all of us it is a perspective to think yeah. about the reality of this, and it's day four, and um, this is going to be, this is going to. I got to tell you, I've never yearned suck for, us into something that we just yeah. never imagined. I've never yearned for a uh, trans TikTok video story. <laughs> As much as I have right now. Think of, talk about putting things into perspective from a show standpoint. Yeah, right? I'd rather see a, purple, a purple-haired yeah. uh, lady with a nose ring talking about her pronouns. Thank you. Yeah. I told you. So I, I've said for the last couple of weeks that what this, this world needs to get out of the pronoun circle that we're in mm-hmm. is war. Well, you got and me. You got unfortunately, it. I, I was kind of being facetious when right. I said that. Right. I didn't actually want it to happen. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So, you, you know, we talk about the media all the time. If you look at the digital version of the Philadelphia Inquirer, the, I don't see much about the headlines I just gave you about hostages, the threat to kill, you know, a three-year-old or a five-year-old to execute and torture that child yep. and then broadcast it as, a, as a, a Jewish hostage, okay? I don't see those kinds of headlines on our Philadelphia Inquirer. The only reference that I'm seeing at the top, at least, is gone into the front page of the Enquirer. Is it right now? Yes. Okay. I Israelis I, consumed by fate of hostages. Oh, good. That's a that's a good thing. Yes. Because I just had it up when I had it up this morning, okay. and it wasn't up there. So thank you for that. Don't worry. We'll get to the op-ed later on how Taylor Swift can save democracy in the Enquirer. Hard-hitting journalism. No, I, I, I'll tell you. Thank God for that. Yes. Yeah. Earlier this morning, when I looked at it at first this morning. I didn't see I didn't see that picture that you just held up. So thank you on the digital version. Yep. Uh, but I but I was going to go to the fact that they are saying locally we had this this huge rally about a thousand people, and so many many rallying uh, hundreds gathering on the campus of the Perlman Jewish Day School. This is Winwood and support showing support and prayers for Israel. And I I what I was going to say was. That, to me, is a wonderful story about people in our community gathering in a peaceful, prayerful way and praying for peace. And among them, of course, uh, our governor, Josh Shapiro, who, yes, is Jewish and he's a, a Democrat governor, obviously. But Shapiro condemning this, calling it a horrific, these horrific acts of war, but a really beautiful gathering there. And they're estimating at least a thousand people in in prayer and coming together in solidarity. I'll mention to you that we do have a, a new program at Philadelphia International Airport, and uh, this gives guests who are either, if you're accompanying or meeting travelers at the airport, and this is something that has not been available in more than 20 years. So I think of, you know, let's say you're, you know, coming in, you've got, let's say your kids are coming in for the weekend or your 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 mother-in-law is coming in for the weekend or your family, your sister, your long-lost sister, the wingmate pass. It's called the Wingmate Pass. It's a free amenity that gives non-ticketed guests access to the secure side of the airport. And with this pass that you apply for, that people accompanying travelers will get to meet them at their gate. So you don't have to keep like driving around in a big loop in a big exactly. circle? Like a madman? <laughs> 
But I love that. It's yeah. called the Wingmate Pass. And back in the day, this was something everybody could do. So they're now at Philadelphia International Airport, and it's through TSA. Mm-hmm. And so you have to apply for it, and they'll only give 50 people per day. Uh, the pa- So the pass applications are reviewed by TSA. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. It is. And I'm, I'm fortunate from the standpoint of Nashville being such a small airport that they do direct flights to Lehigh Valley International Airport. So anytime I nice. go from, from Philly to Nashville or vice versa, I can avoid things. But now that makes me actually, you know, a little bit more open to doing Philadelphia International Airport if I'm in the mood to get frustrated or less frustrated now. Nice. Yeah. Pass holders must be an adult with a driver's license and can only bring one personal item. Oh, so you have to have ID. You have to have ID. Okay. Which we're still trying to get voter ID in Pennsylvania. That's correct. The Republicans are working on that in the legislature. I don't know. This sounds a little racist to me. I don't know if I can get on board with this. (laughs) You got to show who you are. Uh, I will just mention to you, and and Nick did a great big take about the big rally and visitor in Philadelphia yesterday, ran the Rocky Steps shirtless. He's looking good. Yeah. RFK Jr. uh, declaring the fact as a Kennedy He's not running as a Democrat, but running as an independent. And I don't know the timing, Nick Kale, and I know you mentioned this, but I thought it was interesting that if as RFK Jr. was getting a lot of headlines and held this big rally in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden yesterday, uh, the White House announces, hey, we don't have details, but Joe Biden's going to hold a rally in Philadelphia this Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be, I think, his 13th time here since 2020. <laughs> They, I mean, you, you say what you want, but they keep coming back to Philadelphia, don't they? Well, we are on the road to the White House. You mm-hmm. know, they need us, yes. I guess. So, By the way, RFK Jr., um, let me see what his age is real quick. I have to throw this out to the ladies in our audience. So he's uh, he just turned 69 years old. Um, you, you mentioned he's in great shape, right? Runs the Rocky Stairs. We saw him do bench presses and push-ups. He, and, he looks fantastic. Uh, what, 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 if you're a 69-year-old single female, or maybe widowed or divorced or whatever it would be, would you find RFK Jr. attractive and still date him despite his voice, or is the voice the turn off? Oh, that's very, that's very uh, superficial of you, Nick Cale. I'm just wondering. Just thinking out loud here. I mean, Cheryl he's Hines is beautiful. Carved yeah. like a Greek god. I know, I know he's married, but... Yeah, he's carved out like a Greek god, but you know, you listen to him and you want to just, you know, maybe throw the remote control at him. I think he's hot. Look at that. Yeah, yeah see, there you go. I think he looks great. Right. He does. Yeah. And I think to his point, I think it was genius to, t- you know, he's in Pennsylvania. And so he's thinking, hey, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Pennsylvania, Joe Biden, who doesn't know, you know, which way to go. <laughs> doesn't. Then you have John Fetterman. Who wears the hoodie and, you know, right. enough said. Yeah. And then low energy, sleepy Bob Casey. Right. So he's thinking, I'll just run up and down the stairs shirtless. Yeah. Right. I've who, got this. Who cares about the voice? So ladies out there, would you rather run the, the steps in Philly with RFK or go skinny dipping with Joe? Ew. <laughs> we gave you that story he yesterday. Just ruined the well, imagery. Well, Joe's been known to skinny dip. <laughs> well, guys, we have another naked Biden. I know. Which is a tease for a story coming up later. Yep. Yep. The Bidens, they just can't keep their clothes Another on. Another naked Biden. I know. Hopefully it's Hunter. Bear Biden bears all. Oh, no, geez. it's not Hunter. It's yes. another naked Biden. That's right. What a family. <laughs> family values. <good>. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do have our fills kind of blew that beautiful 4-1 lead. Maybe you, maybe you, I don't know, took a nap, went to bed early, whatever, and you thought we had this. Nope, we didn't have it. So our fills come home. We were, we're 1-1 in, in this series. 
Uh, we won the first one big time yesterday, blew the lead. Braves had that historic double play, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So five to four, the Braves beat us, and it's not Bryce's fault. But we're coming home. That's right. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. And then we get to win at home. 507 tomorrow night. Why do they pitch. come? I, think they, I hate that. Do you know why they do it? Because the TV. I know John Brazier's going to be Because of TV. No, it's because of Greg Stocker, because he hates um, the, the uneven, the odd yeah, numbers. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so they, they go, let's. John Brazier just says, let's just trigger Greg Stocker, right. not 5 Amen. o'clock straight. Right, not 5.05. Yeah. Not five, well, but, but Greg likes, you know, 6 a.m. We right. started So Greg likes a 5 o'clock fresh. Uh, yeah, we started 6 a.m. I love a 5 o'clock game. Aaron Nola pitching, by yeah. the way. Woo. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So so we got that going for us, which is nice. We are also sponsored by Rhino Shield. Still time to protect and beautify your home with Rhino Shield before wintertime. Call our friend Sean Gilgey now. Take advantage of the biggest, the best sale of the entire year. Call now. You never paint your home again. And this is especially great on surfaces like stucco, for example. So seal it up. Do it with Rhino Shield, 844-R-H-I-N-O-99. The only Rhino we like. That's 844-RHINO-99. Thank you, Rhino Shields, for sponsoring us and for sponsoring our beautiful forecast, NBC10 First Alert Forecast. We're in the 70s and sunny, especially starting tomorrow. Today's a little cooler, but starting tomorrow for your Wednesday through the end of the week, it's about 70-ish, 72-ish, crisp, gorgeous weather, sunny skies for our fills to bring it home and win it against the Braves. Kalen Company News Live. Thank you very much, Dawn. And if uh, Rhino Shield was smart, they would hire Kevin McCarthy to be their pitch man oh, moving that's forward. Not right. I hear he's got some time on his hands. I these like days. this. Just saying. But maybe he's got a second chance. That's true. He might. He might be coming back if mm. they're uh, deadlocked. All right. Still ahead this morning, we have got we have the cut sheet. We have another Biden who can't keep keep his clothes on. Also, Jonathan Turley with more details on the Biden influence peddling dynasty. There are more family members and more money. We're going to get to that and a, a trio of local stories from the Philly voice with the Sixers. That's coming up next on Israel-Ukraine. Taylor Swift in the Inquirer, Saving Democracy. And also, apparently, Riley Gaines says that she was canceled at Penn State. So we're going to get to all of that this morning. It's a busy show, and we're back after this on Kale & Company. This is the Kale & Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Cut sheet coming up in just about 20 minutes. John Brazier in studio from the Phillies at 9.30. And all sorts of good local stories to get to as we continue, including this one. Now, when I was doing sports from 2009 to 2015 in Philadelphia, I think it was around 2011, 2012, 2013, when uh, the Philly Voice started to really focus in on sports. And, yeah, they plucked a few guys from the old sports station that I used to work at, and they hired them to do writer, uh, to be writers and cover you know, various teams like the Eagles or the Sixers. And to be honest, I, I don't think I've seen, heard, or read the Philadelphia Voice online or in print in eight or nine years, to be completely honest. So I was a little surprised that they still exist. Uh, yesterday, though, apparently, the guy didn't get the memo who covers the 76ers about sticking to sports because the Philadelphia Voice fired their 76ers beat writer for criticizing the Sixers as an organization and their support of Israel. So the story goes, Jackson Frank, 
don't know who Jackson Frank is. The Philadelphia 76ers beat writer for the Philadelphia Voice has been fired after criticizing the team that he covers and their statement in support of Israel. Quote, we stand with the people of Israel and join them in mourning the hundreds of innocent lives lost to terrorism at the hands of Hamas. Hashtag stand with Israel. The 76ers posted on Twitter, now known as X, on Saturday. And it was I went and found it. It's like a like a little digital graphic with their statement inside the little box with the 76er logo and the blue and the red colors and things like that. So Jackson Frank, who covers the team and is paid to cover them for their basketball uh, operation, not where they align politically or not any of their stances or their statements in regards to anything that happens politically or socially, uh, domestically or globally. So Frank shared the post with his own commentary, and he said, this post sucks. Solidarity with Palestine always. He has since deleted his Twitter account, and he got fired. I got to say something because I well, I agree with what he said. It was I mean, it's just he's just wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but we're gonna play a clip coming up from okay. Mari Stoudemire. Yep. Where so like when, when it's political speech that we agree with, we mm-hmm. we like it, but when it's not, we don't. So well, let's let's just try and be consistent here. He, here's my stance on this. I believe two things can be true at once. You can be against cancel culture. And you can support free sports, uh, free uh, fr- free speech, and still be fine with this firing over his stance on. And again, now he says Palestine, so maybe he's got some Palestinian blood. I don't know. It's not like he said solidarity with Hamas, but right now it feels like it's very odd that there is some level of support. And I mentioned this again with not only Democrats but left wing politicians and left wing media where this, this Palestine or Hamas support is coming out. So they go on to say, Mr. Frank is no longer employed by phillyvoice.com as of today, said the CEO, Hal, Don- Hal Donnelly, who told the New York Post in a statement, we stand with everyone who is absolutely outraged by the senseless attacks in Israel, by the loss of innocent lives and violence against civilians. And even if he's saying solidarity with Palestine, mm. not Hamas, the timing of it is terrible. It is. It, it, we the, just see. We just saw a th- almost a thousand people slaughtered. Yeah, and it's going to get worse. Right. Um, Agree. The timing of this is terrible. People. Again, I tell both of you, everybody, Dom, Rich, all of you, stop with Twitter. Stop mm-hmm. with Twitter. Stop with Twitter. It can only lead to bad things. Nothing good from comes from Twitter. Nothing good comes from Twitter. Sorry. There, there's definitely um, a difference in in what you post versus what you say in front of a microphone or camera. That being said, and. I, besides me disagreeing with what he said a hundred percent, I still think that he w- he should not have been fired for it. So I think that I think that look, they're a they're a private company; they can do whatever the hell right. they want to. Correct, you know what I mean? Correct. Like they have their own practices and standards. But like you know, if we're gonna sit here and wave the banner, and I'm wearing the sweatshirt right now, mm-hmm. free speech lives here. If we're gonna wave the banner of free speech, we have to stand by it, whether we agree with it or not. Well, see, here's here's where I do think, and and you know, I love free speech. It's on the Kalen Company apparel. It's the station branding. I I love all of it, but I don't think it's 100 percent 
absolute free of repercussions. Uh, of course. Like, you know, we adhere to the FCC. Of course. Just because free speech lives here doesn't mean I can drop F-bombs on the radio. I agree with you 100%. Yes, there's, I, there, there, is, there is a difference between uh, free speech and consequence speech. Correct. Yes. You know, you, can, you, can, you can't sit there. You're not protected under the First Amendment by saying, I want to kill somebody. There's, you, you go to jail if you say that. You can't incite violence or you spew hate speech. Like So there, there are limitations on mm-hmm. it, at least in my view. I don't think everything should go with no repercussions but i'm wondering if he would have said you know let's just say this was about a year and a half two years ago when russia ukraine started and he's on the sixers beat and he says um i don't support ukraine being backed by the united states not not pro russia but i don't think the united states should get involved with ukraine he probably also loses his job absolutely which there i would disagree with the firing and say i think he got now he probably should have stayed in his lane which is covering basketball and that's the main crux of this but it's different in this situation when we just saw a terrorist group that tries to align with palestine that just killed 900 jewish people like dude and this guy and apparently he just joined the sixers beat last month, month. yeah yeah, he lasted thirty days before he just literally blew off his own leg in his career. This is amusing to me too because I think the Philly voice is kind of a like a liberal rag. So like it is. I am. I'm guessing that you know when woke eats itself, it's always it's yeah. always funny it to is. me. Um, it really is. But that that being said, I support no matter how wrong he is. I support this person's right to say what he wants to say about it. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see if he gets a job again anytime soon. By the way, Frank is a product of Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. Yep, Pacific Mm -hmm. Northwest. Ah. Okay. Mm -hmm. There you go. 855-839-1210. If you want to jump in, two local stories on the way. The Inquirer and Taylor Swift, Riley Gaines, and Penn State. As we continue live, working our way towards what's on the cut sheet. But right now, well, what's, what's going on at... The Piazza Auto Group, actually a lot. Uh, you can still take advantage of what many people are doing with 0.9% APR financing. I've been in my 2023 Honda Ridgeline since a few days before Memorial Day, and I've absolutely loved it. Service, the maintenance, phenomenal. Was over there last week speaking to a few of the reps, and you know they, they treat you like family because, I mean, it's a massive operation, but it's got a family feel. 17 different brands. With 35 locations. It's why it's my go-to for all things automotive. My sister beginning the process at looking at one of their premium vehicles. Dawn, her son, her family. It's, you know, the the beauty of this is it's not just the truck. Like, I know some of you make fun of me. Oh, it's not really a truck. It's, it doesn't have a Hemi. And it's perfect for me. I don't work in construction or landscaping. I just need it for my golf clubs, my girls' luggage some groceries or whatever, occasionally throw the lawnmower in there if I'm going up to the in-laws or whatever to cut grass. It's perfect. But if you're not in the market for a truck, I got it. Not everybody's a truck person. How about the Honda Civic, the Accord, the CRV, the Pilot, and many more? All 0.9% APR, special finance rates. Check them out online. Just do it right now. You're not doing anything during the commercial break, right? Certified or new pre-owned you got it they have everything accessibility and all the great brands nissan honda mercedes-benz alfa romeo on down the list all in one convenient destination the destination piazzaautogroup.com it's kale and company on demand from talk radio 1210 wpht and
and the free Odyssey app. It's Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet coming up in just about six minutes? Another loaded edition. Tell you what, the amount of audio we're probably going to have this week is going to be off the charts. We might need three or four parts of the cut sheet. <laughs> we should just do the cut sheet from 745 till 10 o'clock. No, we can't. Commercial free, two hours, 15 minutes. Actually, I take that back. Don't get any ideas. Yeah, no. I need breaks. <laughs> I need so, spots. Spots are good. The sales department's driving in today because, you know, it's Tuesday. Um, and they're <laughs> having... Oh, they're in person. That's right. Yeah, and they're yeah. having heart attacks thinking thinking uh, commercial-free from 745 to <laughs> 10 o'clock. I love it. We, we can't go commercial-free because we absolutely love our sponsors. That is correct. And we need to give them some love. Yes. Everybody does. And I have to get coffee and use the bathroom and things well, like that. Too. Yeah. Exactly. But um, don't flush the man wipes, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, est- we established that one uh, tw- uh, 11 months ago on this show about not flushing the man wipes. Yeah, yeah. We did a whole show on it's it. It's an issue. It is an issue. In my house. It- oh, it- really? Yeah. Some people flush the man wipes. Oh. Well, what are you supposed to do with them? You're not supposed to. I have a little covered trash-, trash can Ugh. That with yeah. a liner in it. Uh, right. That's a separate little trash can. And yeah. Just put them in there. By the way, I always creep okay. out when I go to somebody's house and use the bathroom, <laughs> and the little bathroom trash can doesn't have a liner in it. Bad, bad etiquette, bad hygiene. I don't know what. It's just very odd. That's on them. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to flush those things because Aqua PA tells us that. That's right. But, but <laughs> I also don't know what else you're supposed to do with it. Um, Put it in the little trash can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then take the little liner out, and then throw that in the big trash can. And then yeah. you go do garbage day, and then you take all the trash out. That's right. One by plastic one. bags. That's right. Eight five five. Go ahead. It won't. It won't. Otherwise. It, they say flushable. They're gonna clog the toilet. Yeah, they then, clog. They clog the um, the pipes. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man, very serious show. And then we go. Wipes, That's right. Wipes. It's you know Israel violence, Philadelphia. That's and correct. Man wipes. I, I gotta tell you, can use. I gotta tell you before we get into the more serious matters of the day. Streaming live right now on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD. But the YouTube chat is going nuts because did you tease that you're come, you're bringing up a topic of Taylor Swift? I did. Because yes. everybody is like freaking out. Yes, it's coming right that, here. That you're going to get to Taylor Swift. It's coming right here. I'm stringing you guys along. That's how, that's how, that's the science of radio. Just, I know my, Jimmy, to my madness. Jimmy writes, uh, Greg should get clued in on to who his audience is. It's not 13 year old girls. Ah, uh, right. Interesting. The reason Nick is talking about it is because he's a good dad, and his little girls, who are adorable little twin girls. AMC on Friday, Don. Yes. It's coming up three days. He's taking them to yeah. the Eras Tour. $94 move. down by, the drain. By the 94 way, 94 is the minimum, and then are they going to sell like t-shirts or anything? Because you know like you're in for that. Yeah. If anybody tries to pitch me on buying anything else when I'm in there, they better run, because I'm going to have like a meat cleaver with me. How much did it cost you? 94 bucks for four tickets. That's just the ticket. That's Wait, not even soda, four. popcorn. Yeah. Who's who else is going besides you and your Kristen, girls? Kristen. Oh, okay. we're going as a family. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's not, nice, dude. That's sweet. That is that is yeah, sweet. Absolutely. Look at you. Yeah. It's very nice. Very mature. I'm, you know, I'm like most protests. I'm mostly peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait, is your marriage like Kevin McCarthy? I Uh-oh. mean, maybe there's a second uh, chance uh, here. Yeah, as they once said, don't call to come back. <laughs> well, Fox News will be breaking in live from the, from the alert desk as, as this uh, story develops. Well, Kristen, maybe take you back. You're like Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> She's my Matt you've been, Gates. <laughs> you've been booted from the house. <laughs> yeah, but ninety four dollars. Yeah, it, that, that's not even so popcorn. Cheap. All right, should I pay off the Swift the Swift story before somebody tries to like you know, take right. me out through the YouTube chat? 
Should yes. I pay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. I, I just, the, the inquire, because I, I said yesterday to start the show, um, I, I didn't see any of the one o'clock NFL games. I only watched the Eagles at four, and I didn't see any Taylor Swift coverage. And apparently she was not in an NFL stadium, so we had a, a Swift free Sunday, so to speak. And of course, I'm, I was happy about that yesterday. Well, of course, the Philadelphia Inquirer has to write a story uh, written by Will Bunch. I'm not sure who Will Bunch is, uh, but the headline. Oh, but he's like a big deal. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. I just this this article is just. Or he thinks he, he's awful. a legend in his living room, Nick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, as probably most Inquirer writers are. So he says, "Can Taylor Swift save U.S. democracy if Joe Biden can't?" Here's an idea for 2024. I just want to read the two or three paragraphs. It's you know everything the Inquirer writes is like a, you know at a 900 word, which I can't read all on the radio, but I'll, I'll kind of summarize it. He says, "You've probably heard it a gazillion times already." Democracy is on the ballot in the 2024 U.S. election with a showdown between President Joe Biden, aging defender of the American experiment, and Donald Trump, who has essentially promised a dictatorship that will punish his political enemies. Punish his political enemies? That's right. Has Donald Trump yeah. indicted Joe Biden four times He's, or has Biden's DOJ done it to Trump? Trump said, I'm going to spank everybody. Punish his political enemies, dismantle the federal government, which is, I think, what a lot of people want to do, like the FBI, and create a war posture at the border. Right. And as Joe Biden is just funneling and giving money to war after war around the globe. So I've already dismantled his first paragraph. He says it's a dire situation, yet I'm starting to think it's very, it's overly optimistic. Is American democracy even going to make it until 2024, he writes, or even through this week? Democracy could die by Friday. As I go to see Taylor Swift with my ex-wife, democracy could die on the same day. It's very possible. He says, what a mess. Who can save us? I'm thinking Taylor Swift. Okay, hear me out, he says. No, I'm not suggesting that the Democrats dump Biden and replace him on the ticket with America's reigning queen of pop, even though technically she'd be eligible to serve as America's 47th president after she turns 35 on December 13th, 2024. I don't think Swift is ready for the Oval Office, he writes. Heck, she might sick the U.S. Department of Justice on a few of her ex-boyfriends. But this Berks County native has already shown that she understands the stakes next fall and has the power to do something about it. Here's where I think he's right, but I'll have to alter his headline. He goes on to say, on Tuesday, National Voter Registration Day, the now Nashville-based singer posted a plea to her 272 million Instagram followers to sign up for the ballot, triggering a sizable response. And we talked about this in the last two weeks, that Taylor Swift... With all of her followers, with 272 million on Instagram alone, she was able to sign up 35,000 new voters. So can Taylor Swift save U.S. democracy? No, because democracy, I don't believe, is really under attack. But everything in the, in the world of the left is under attack. Taylor, Taylor Swift can save, however, the Democratic Party. And that is why we have brought her. It's not so much about her dating Travis Kelsey. Yeah, we talk about pop culture from time to time and entertainment news on here. And yeah, Travis Kelsey endorses Bud Light and Pfizer. But the tie-in for this audience is, and this is where I'm being serious and I'm not ripping this guy, Will Bunch. Taylor Swift is absolutely a thorn. Like I said in the big take today, RFK Jr. is not a friend to the right. He's going to steal some Biden voters away, but I do think he's going to take more Trump voters away. Taylor Swift, we know <laughs> she's not a friend to the right. But don't downplay her impact on American society to absolutely have an impact in this election. This is going to be, you look at all the polls, five Trump has a lead, 
Five, it's tied. Two are advantage Biden. This is going to be, I think, even a closer election than 2020 was. And if you don't think that Taylor Swift can have an impact on it, or any of these mega egomaniac entertainers from Taylor Swift to Beyonce to, I don't know who else is popular in pop music today, Ed Sheeran, like if Carrie Underwood, Carrie Underwood, these individuals, if they throw out their name on something Democratic on the left, because I highly doubt any of them would do it for the right, um, that is absolutely impactful and could very well sway because it, it could come down to one or two states, swing states, bellwether counties. What did we talk about last year? Uh, Northampton and Lehigh County up in Pennsylvania in the Lehigh Valley, bellwether county. I mean, this stuff truly does matter. So, yeah, we roll our eyes and say, oh, Taylor Swift, she's a teeny bopper, appeals to 13-year-olds. She appeals to, like, 18 to 28-year-olds as well, and those people vote. So that's why I wanted to bring it up, and I also just wanted to rip the inquiry because I'm so tired of the, (laughs) can you save democracy? Oh, my goodness gracious. So... There you go, Philadelphia Inquirer. But at least they covered uh, the Israel-Hamas stuff on the front page today. I figured it would be something else. Um. Well, it's on the... So if you got the... If you get the paper version yeah. of the Philadelphia Inquirer, the e, so, and if you go to E-Edition and you flip it as if it's the actual printed paper, mm-hmm. that's true. But if you DuckDuckGo Inquirer and you get the version, if you subscribe yeah. to the updated version, it's not. Hey, also on, on that front with the newspapers... Uh, do they do like a late edition like the New York Post? I would have thought that was a thing of the past by now with the decline of the the print edition. I'm kind of surprised that the New York Post does like a late edition. Like that feels like so 1990s, doesn't it? But the Inquirer doesn't print it physically on paper, but they constantly update it. Okay. Much like the TV stations do. Right. Gotcha. You know, or the networks do. Okay. There you go. All right. 748 Tuesday morning. It's a loaded edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the cut sheet on this Tuesday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 at Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. I'm going to jump right into this because I want to, you know, I, I got a lot of pushback for things I said yesterday about the Muslim religion. Oh. I just want to... Just play this. You know, we talked about TikTok. This is a man in New York City, Times Square, talking about the Muslim religion, that it is the correct religion, and we shall not stop until it enters every home. Mm. Sounds like a mandate. Cut 16. We're done being tortured and hurt and judged. This is the correct religion. This is the religion that all of humanity needs to be a part of Islam. And we will not stop until it enters every home. So I want you to repeat after me. I want to hear it in every single district. It should tremble. Brooklyn should hear it. The Bronx should hear it. Queens should hear it. Say it as if the Ummah depends on this, my brothers and sisters. La ilaha illallah. God worthy of worship except Allah, the God of Jesus, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, and the God of the last and final prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
There you go. Well, that's I what you're up against. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, I don't wish any ill will or anything towards anybody of Muslim uh, beliefs, but that sounds very emphatic. That sounds almost like a threat. That almost, almost sounds like a mandate, like we're going to force something on you. And uh, the beauty of this country and you know various nations around the world is you have your choice of what religion you would like to believe and buy into and adhere to. That sounds uh, awfully... Um, I'll use the word scary, angry, yeah. scary, scary. Yeah, but that's that's what the book teaches them to do. Mm-hmm. That's that, like, I, you know, I look. I, I just I just feel like this. Th- there are there are other uh, there are many religions in this country. Yep, and there's only one uh, that doesn't preach peace. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's a fair assumption. Well, Muhammad Ali preached peace, and he is probably. The world's one of the world's most famous Muslims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. I'm just I, I, Cassius I, Clay. I, <laughs> I, he. Well, he he kind of did that to. Didn't he do that to dodge, dodge the draft? draft? Yeah. I don't. I mean, he stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. No. He, you know, to he to his credit, he did. <sighs> Look, they, like they, uh, there is an entire group in the Middle East that believes uh, that the Jewish people. Yep. Western people, Westerners, whatever you call them, uh, are infidels and yeah. they need to be taken out. Yeah, but I mean, you could, you could, if we're going to talk about religion, I mean, think about the Crusades, the Catholic Church. Yeah. I mean, there are just as many nutty on the street corner. There's, uh, there's, Protestant there's, there's, preachers there's not. That's a, I, I can't believe I'm the non-religious person on the show is arguing with this. There's not though. There's not, there's not, it's not an equal equivalence. It's just right, not. My point is in America, I mean, think of, are you, you know, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, yeah. uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Bernard Hopkins. I mean, all of these are very famous uh, Muslims mm-hmm. who preach peace and are, are good citizens and all that good stuff. Like, I, I just think it's, you know, at, in the name of religion, there are some. <clears throat> I'm going all RFK Jr. on you. <laughs> Dawn's going to be doing push ups later. Right? Today. I'll be, well, as if cut, I were as muscular as him. You know? Yeah, after you cut the grass. <laughs> right. But <laughs> I'm just saying that this, this is an extremist group, and they've been called a terrorist group. They have been activated by Iran. And mm-hmm. I simply think we have to look at the bigger picture, which is, you know, this is a power play and it's a money play. Yeah. And, and Iran does not want Israel to sign any kind of an accord or agreement or a deal with, you know, between Israel and the Saudis, which is, by the way, something that Trump started, the Abraham Accords, the Abraham Accords, and Trump wanted, Mm -hmm. because it means what? It's the art of the deal. It's, hey, we're going to do business. We're going to be peaceful. We're going to be business partners. And Iran is trying to be the fly in that ointment right now. And I I try to be consistent when I say I hate when everybody tries to paint a group of people with a broad brush and a broad stroke. You know, not all Muslims are radical extremists. Not all Trump-roving Republicans with MAGA hats are ready to go to January 6th, right? Not all not all Democrats are left-wing progressive woke jerk-offs. Like, I, I, you know, not all Irish people are drunk. You know, it's like, I hate when we just stereotype one group of people and just assume that uh, guys it's, it's I, like yeah, it's I, like these it's like the bad apples in I, the bunch right? i i understand what you're both saying i i really do i just think we're pussyfooting around this whole thing oh, that no, like, it, it is a this like 
No, we should no- obliterate Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, Al Qaeda. We should wipe out every Islamic radical terrorist group on the planet. I'm the, with you a thousand percent. The last time I checked, Catholics and Christians and Buddhists and Hindu and whatever other like they didn't want to wipe another religion, all other religions, off the face of the earth. That's correct. You're, that's all. That's, percent correct that's right. all I'm saying yep. is is that that you know you can yes if you you know read the Bible and all this other stuff it's yeah yes there's violent imagery and everything I, I but there's only one religion that takes that literally literally they take it literally well and that's the challenge that not only Israel or anybody in the West faces is you're dealing this is not just like your typical war I mean this is you know. You, you, it's not like they're dressed up in military apparel. I mean, how many times have we seen in this country in the last 20 years where terrorists have been arrested and they assimilate and they blend in with society and they're going about their plotting and their planning yep. as if they're just yep. regular citizens and you don't know who exactly. And that's one of the big issues with the southern border. And by the way, speaking of that, if we don't think they're sleeper cells here right now, we are very they're, they're, know, we are scary. very naive because we open the freaking borders and let everybody in. Yep, we let everybody in, so we're going to see, and we let them parade because everybody has the right to protest, which I do agree with. But mm-hmm. we let them parade through the streets of Rittenhouse. We let them parade through the streets of New York City. We let this numb nuts talk on uh, in Times Square about Muslim. It's they're they're here, and mm-hmm. they don't want any other religion but their own well and and the scary part beyond just the fact of war it's the the depths to which they will they will go it's not shooting a rocket launching a missile or as trump said in that clip this morning it's not like your your typical war of little tank against little tank shooting each other (laughs) the way trump framed it like he was nine years old i mean these are individuals that will and if i remember there was a stretch in 2012 2013 and 2014 um post uh, the killing of Osama bin Laden. You had the movies American Sniper with Bradley Cooper, Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg, and you had Zero Dark Thirty, which was how they captured or killed uh, Osama bin Laden. I mean, there is in those movies, you have some of these individuals in the name of uh, Allah and the, the jihad and the holy war that they believe they are waging. They load up a 1987 Honda yep. Civic mm-hmm. with explosives pull up in front of a restaurant and blow themselves to smithereens yep. to kill seven people. Yep. That's the that's the level of vitriol and hate they have for anybody that is of the West. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with here. That's a sick I mean that's a really sick level. And how do you combat that? Because here's here's the problem. It's not a country that we're fighting. Like this right. isn't Germany in right. 1939. You know, this isn't this isn't Japan. This isn't this isn't Iraq. This is, uh, this, these, it's a group of militants and they're everywhere though. Right. It's and, throughout and, the Middle East. Know, That's why I mentioned Iraq, Iran, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon. Uh, you go on de- and oh, and you mentioned Germany. Trust me. There, there are plenty, there are, there is a big section of, um, of the Muslim community in Germany. And you can bet that within that Muslim community, there's a smaller section of the group that has been radicalized. Yeah. You see this through, I think, is it Hamburg was, there was a big cell in Hamburg, Germany, Pre nine eleven, I think that was one of the spots where they they met up and they they plotted and coordinated, you know, the nine eleven attacks. Uh, Mike writes, um, is Islam is is the oldest religion and it's the most. There are the most. We have he wrote, he worded this properly. They are. 
they're the largest religion, I think is what he's trying to say. Is it larger than Christianity? Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. So to paint this as a broad brush is very bigoted. Correct. Wow, bigoted of me. Is it? It is. Okay. Well, it's not bigoted. It's just ignorant. Wow. (laughs) Okay. You just don't know. Soccer's under attack. No, and I love Greg, and Greg's a good person, but it's... I'm not that good. (laughs) No, it's... uh, I mean, let's talk about the Bible. You know what the the Bible... Yeah, no, I get it. The Bible says if a woman... If your wife is caught I, in adultery, I, uh, you you know stone such women. Do, so you see a lot of Catholics and Christians so, stoning their wives right. because They're, that's actually happening in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East. That's what I'm. That that's all I'm saying is is that there's there is one religion that takes well, that book seriously. Yeah. Well, I'm glad there's, you brought up Saudi Arabia because they're they're an agitator and a, a financier of a lot of these operations as well. It's not Don. You mentioned Iran, but you know Saudi Arabia. I mean, let's face it, the the, the royal family. I mean, Saudi Arabia has got more money than they know what to do with, and obviously we know their connections in the last 25 years to terrorism as well. Yeah. Again. I go back to what my, you know, what my teenage kid said. Why don't we just spend all this money instead of the war machine, spend it on becoming energy independent. And then we don't make these folks who can be radicalized and who rule us in essence and just become energy independent and spend the money on retraining with jobs and environment. And it gives everybody it's a win-win because we go to solar or wind or whatever we go to. And we spend the money on putting a solar panel on everybody's roof. Get Emmons, get uh, Matt and Steph, put, mm-hmm. a, put the solar roof, you know, put a new roof and solar. On. You, with the money we're spending, think about it, on all of this, we probably could afford that. But instead, we're going to poke our finger in this war that's an ancient war that's never, that's biblical. It's never going to end. And, and so to Greg's point, there is no real solution. The real solution is let's be energy independent. Mm-hmm. And then we stop just pumping billions of dollars into their economy boom claude says on twitter pure evil is right turn the gaza strip into the world's largest sand dune i you know what and and then send jack nicholas over there to design a bunch of golf courses (laughs) (laughs) i'm sick of wet grass in pennsylvania i need need warm golf weather damn it the live golf tour can can be uh in the gaza strip i'd love to go over to saudi arabia and play some golf right about now Look, I, I mean, you know, we joke about all this stuff, but it's just like the what, what, what this group did to uh, the Jewish people was 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 horrific. Yeah, and it was it was there were war crimes. These people need to be eliminated. Yeah. They need to be wiped out. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, you look at the images and how they view these children and girl and women and mm-hmm. girls, and they it's inhumane. And so they view, because they view you as an American or a Jew, to them synonymous, yeah. you are this so-called infidel. Yeah. And well, so you are, the, you are viewed as, as the devil. Yeah. And so they have the right to uh, murder. There's another story, that cute grandma who, who we saw the video of, and reportedly now she was one of those murdered. Mm-hmm. So you think about that, that there is... There is this veil that comes over somebody, a brainwashing, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they could look at that individual who looks, you know, you look just the same, except, oh, no, this person is of such and such religion. Mm-hmm. And so now this person is, you have every right to commit atrocities against this individual. Well, when they radicalize you and get you <sighs> believing this and brainwashed, 
then it's like it's not just you're not just killing adult men in combat. To your point, they're yeah. killing the elderly. They're killing females. They're killing infants and toddlers. Uh, Tracy, this is a whole new level. Tracy on the YouTube writes, "It's not a small faction like Dawn is pushing." I so, agree with that. So you think it's a well? I, I mean, I don't know what the math is. It's not, it's not like they do polls. Hey, of the Islam faith, how many have been radicalized? Thirty four percent. John Paul writes, "Greg, wow, didn't know you were this uninformed." Eh, well, you obviously haven't been listening to the show. <laughs> No, I just look. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm. I said I came at this unlike Nick and Dawn, who are, uh, who are two religious people, and I don't, I don't uh, fault them for that. I think everybody, you know, has the right to believe whatever they want to believe. But I'm just coming at this from a, a spot of I don't have a dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But I, my dog is is for the uh, is for the Jewish people who were slaughtered by a group of people. And yes, Tracy's right. It's not a small group mm-hmm. that want them annihilated. Yeah. They want them eliminated off the face of the Which earth because their God tells them that. Right. That's my issue. Lucy says Dawn for president and her boys too. <laughs> and uh, Richard Nataro is, is challenging us on the oldest religion. Richard Nataro says Islam is not the oldest yeah, religion. Yeah, Kevin says that too. It's, there it's, are several others including yeah. Judaism, Buddhism, and Christianity. I thought Christianity was the oldest which is why I was a little surprised that Islam was. But Christianity? That's what I thought. What? I think I, I right away I, ch- I challenged myself to Rich Nataro's point because I thought, wait a minute, Buddhism. Yeah. And by the way, nobody, point nobody, ever has a problem with Buddha. Do you ever know that? Yeah. No, nobody has a problem with Buddha. Right. Now, I'm looking this up. It says Christianity is 30% of the world's population. Okay, maybe it's the largest slightly... percentage, I thought. I knew it was either the largest or the oldest. But then again, I thought Central Air was created in the 80s. <laughs> so what the hell do I know? <laughs> uh, NBA, uh, former NBA player, Mari Stoudemire. Yes. Took to... Great player. Was this Twitter, I guess it was? Uh, I believe so. Talking about uh, Black Lives Matters and how cowardly Black Lives Matters and politicians are silent on on what's happening in Israel. And he had some choice words for them. This is cut five, Daniel. I woke up, man, this morning with some disturbing news out of Israel. The Hamas kidnapping children, putting them in cages, killing women, killing the elderly. That's some cowards. That's cowardly. And for all y'all Black Lives Matter who ain't saying nothing, well, let me figure out exactly what happened before I say anything. you. (laughs) Figure out what? It ain't never been cool to kidnap kids and put them in cages. Ain't never been cool to kill women and, and elderly. Never been. No matter where you from, what you represent, what tribe you for, don't matter. Ain't never been no cool. There ain't never been none that nobody supported. And then you go and hide and put the kids in front of you as a barricade. That's some coward. All you politicians who always have something to say on the contrary, I see you. Fuck you. All you Black Lives Matter people who always have something to say and always supported everything else, and you quiet now. Fuck you too. Only place in the world where I can go and study tour and eat kosher food. Only place in the world. Some coward y'all, and all y'all supported. Fuck you. On my mama, we don't, we don't respect none of y'all for that. Peace. 
All right, so kudos to Amari Stoudemire as he just dunked on BLM, which is very interesting because that's what I brought up earlier this morning with one of my points of the way Democrats are looking at this, the way left-wing media is looking at this. And this is what happens. This, again, goes back to identity politics and the selective social outrage. You don't get to be all BLM'd up and Black Lives Matter and then and be all diversity, equity, inclusion, and everybody treated equally and then remain mum when 900 Jewish people are killed. If you want to go down that road, especially if you're not in the politics lane, like Amari Stoudemire, very great, uh, was a tremendous basketball player for 15 years. I think he actually converted to Judaism and might, might have even played in one of the Jewish professional basketball leagues over in Israel. Um, he's, he's not going to stand for uh, the hypocrisy. Like I said earlier this morning, Obama tweeted out within 24 hours about Ukraine. Took him almost four days to tweet out about Israel. Was he waiting to What's the talk on? To, was he, was Obama waiting to talk to the Bidens? And <laughs> so is there a coordination among them? Well, yeah, out of respect? It's, it's called the third Obama term that we're, we're living <laughs> know, in right, right now, right? <laughs> but I, and, yeah. and to your, to your exact point. Yeah. I simply wonder if he didn't, because everybody would have talked about the fact that, oh, Obama, mm-hmm. we'd rather have him than yeah. uh, this guy, the big guy. And so, the, and, and I think a lot of people would have felt, would have said that. And that, and so I think that the Obamas knew mm-hmm. it would ultimately trump Biden, if you will, and make the Biden, make Joe Biden look really bad. Uh, I got a tweet. Uh, actually, we all received it from our buddy Newman Price. Um, he sent us a screenshot of the world religions map with the background. Christians account for 2.2 billion followers, which is still less than Taylor Swift has on Instagram, um, which actually represents 31.5% of the world's population. Yeah. Muslims, 1.6 billion or 23.2% of the world population, non-religious people in totality, 1.1 billion, or 16.3%, Hindu, 1 billion, 15%, Buddhist, 500 million, 7%, indigenous religions, 400 million, 6%, and then other religions, and I'm not sure what that would include, but 58 million, or less than 1%. But I will point out to you that in the non-religious, the 1.1 billion people, that is, and that that's why I say Christianity is not the number one, because in communist regimes, such as communist China, there exist actually Hindus and Muslims and maybe 5% Christians, but they're not counting that because officially China does not allow, in communist China, they don't allow you to have a religion. Mm-hmm. So if if you took that 1 billion people in the non-religious category, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you split that up, then I believe it tips the bal- balance for Christianity not to be mm-hmm. the top. And to, and to your point, too, in China, as far as religion and stuff like you're talking about, you have that genocide that's going on with uh, the the, yes. we, the Uyghur individuals. Yes. They call them the Uyghur people, which is basically uh, a Chinese uh, residents that are Muslim, I believe. And to your point, yeah. you know, they don't want it. Right. So that so they're not recording that. And if you took that out and you put it with the added that to the to the 23 percent, I think it at least comes close, if Mm -hmm. not exceeds it. Right. Uh, Lindsey Graham uh, never met a war he didn't love. (laughs) uh, Proposes that the U.S. start bombing Iran. Yes. Cut uh, 14, Daniel. Moss in the last hour announcing it's going to begin to execute hostages. 
and post video evidence online for every Israeli airstrike. Your thoughts on this moment, Senator? Well, for every Israeli or American hostage executed uh, by Hamas, we should uh, take down an Iranian oil refinery. The only way you're going to keep this war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable. How much more death and destruction do we have to take from the Iranian regime? I am confident this was planned and funded by the Iranians. Hamas is a bunch of animals uh, who deserve to be treated like animals. So if I was Israel, I would go in on the ground. There is no truce to be had here. I would dismantle Hamas. This is the best opportunity Israel has to destroy Hamas. Take it to the Iranians. If you harm one American in Syria by using your Iranian militia against us in Syria, if you escalate the war by urging Hezbollah to attack Israel in the north, if Hamas kills one American or Israeli hostage, we're going to blow up your oil refineries and put you out of business. It is now time to take the war to the Ayatollah's backyard. So, Lindsey Graham, as Greg oh Soccer God. said, never met a war he didn't like. You know, we certainly have seen Nikki Haley be, I don't want to say she's in Lindsey Graham's camp, so to speak, but, you know, it's certainly more pro-war. It's it's really an odd twist here, because I felt like the, 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 the Bushes were war criminals, much like Clinton, much like Obama, much like these establishment families. You know, you had the first Bush in, in Desert Storm, and then obviously Iraq WMD in 2003, post-9-11. It's, it's odd that... You know, Trump has come along and, you know, Don mentions peace and prosperity. Let's focus on the peace part of this and, you know, ruled with an iron fist and, you know, all these other nations, China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, like, you know, they, they knew that Trump had the, so to speak, the bigger red button. And, you know, he was stern. He was tough, which you need to be. But he believed in peace and we had peace. And now it's like the Republican Party, short of the, the grams of the world is kind of the party of peace, yet it's it's the Democrats that are hell-bent on true. escalating World War III. It's absolutely true. Uh, Rajesh on the YouTube chat says, I listen to your show because you're unbiased journalists, but today you sound like the Three Stooges, or should I say the Three Juges. Wow. So that was a funny joke. I don't know what... I, I mean, I think I'm coming off very unbiased. I don't know what... Well, I, no, I'm coming off completely biased, and oh. I don't care. Okay. Um... Because I think you know the the Jewish people have the right to defend themselves because so they were he, doing nothing but living their he, lives. He likes he likes your opinion most days, but today he thinks you're a stooge. Okay, yeah, yeah and well, I, that's I what would happens just, on a talk show. And then a warped religion came and uh, told them th- that they shouldn't exist anymore. I love when Thank you me. have an opinion on a show where ninety nine percent of the time they agree with you, and then one percent they think you're wrong yeah. or they disagree with you, and uh, they uh, it's fine. You voice your opinion. We, we, we read the hate, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll point out to you that <clears throat> and Jennifer Griffin had put posted this out, and she had reported this that you know senior intelligence sources are telling her multiple sources that Iran's goal is to draw the U.S. into a broader conflict. And ultimately, I, I stay with this. It was my instinct from day one. As it all comes out, it continues to, to, to fortify what, what I believe is that Iran wanted to bust up any kind of signed alliance that would allow the that would create a greater path for Israel to be at peace with the Saudis, to do business with them, art of the deal, etc. That's what this is really all about. And it's sinister if you think about it, because what Iran is doing is they they ultimately used Hamas. And there, as Greg has said, 
their extreme extremist views, right, and their hate for the Jewish people to, to do this. But it's so outrageous and so horrifying that Iran knew that it would draw in mm-hmm. the rest of the region well, and the rest of the world. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Yep. And this is just like, look, this show is, is a bunch of opinions and we're talking off the cuff most of the time. Yep. If you had to guess how many people of the Muslim faith thought, believed what Hamas did today was right, how many would you say? Like, like what percentage? Uh, Throw out a percentage. I'll go less than thirty-eight percent. Uh, uh, okay, I think you're. I think you're way wrong. So you think it's way higher? I think it's way higher. Okay, I think it's way higher than that. I I'll go thirty-eight percent, Alex. I do. I think that this this is a. You know, I think that this is a a huge problem. This is a huge problem that we've been dealing with for you know well, hundreds of it, years. It's not. It, it's a huge problem because it's not as easy as like you know defeating Russia and killing Putin or uh, you know wiping out Saddam yep. Hussein. It, it's it's more than one man, one dictator, one regime. This is a fanatical religious belief system and way of life. I yep. mean, this is you know. Terrorism is never going away. The next wave, the next group is being trained and brainwashed, just like the Democrats. But you have to understand, too, this isn't like there. I know people don't agree with this, and I'm sure vets will probably, you know, scoff at me saying this. But there is when you're in war, there is sort of a code to war. Yes, war crimes happen, Mm -hmm. but there is sort of a code to war. Yeah. These people went door to door there's no rules raping women correct killing children taking hostages this is not these are not people that can be reasoned with no. right. or you know these are people that need to be wiped off of the face of the earth there i mean if you recall which is what they're doing right now as we speak and, in real yeah, time and trump trump was able to uh you know pretty much eradicate and defeat isis but i remember right this was actually 2014 i'll never forget it my my wife was pregnant and we were at the hospital, and I went downstairs after... This was before she actually went into labor. I was down in the hospital cafeteria. I was on my phone. I was looking at social media. And ISIS was circulating on social media different execution videos. I mean, to your point of the yes. savage nature, mm-hmm. I mean, this, these weren't not just your typical beheadings. These were drowning people with chains. These were lighting people on fire. Like, this is like stuff that you wouldn't even see drawn up in a Hollywood horror movie, mm-hmm. to your point. Yeah, they take levels of barbarism to yes. to places I have never seen before. I, I, the, the drug cartels do the same thing. Too. Yes, so, <laughs> so let's let's include that. Surprise, least, surprise! Both can come up through the southern border, but they're they're doing it for uh, they're they're doing it for business purposes. Yeah. Uh, and and they knew that when they came in at what two thousand seven that Hamas was you know there was all this fighting and and they knew that they were extremely violent. But then over the years, it was reported that, well, they're adjusting to uh, give off signals. They're, exu- they're adjusting to begin a process of coexisting with Israel. So they were ultimately, people weren't watching their actions or their reality. They were 
just listen. They were disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's how they apparently fooled mm-hmm. the Israelis because they were publicly disingenuous yeah. to say, well, we're we're evolving into coexisting with Israel. No, they well, were never evolving. And going back to the intelligence failure on the Israeli front for a standpoint, this is also some of the blame, not all of it, but this a lot of this has to be thrown at Benjamin Netanyahu. He's no stranger to this. Keep in mind, this is his second term. Netanyahu was the prime minister of Israel in the Clinton era in the late 90s, if I recall. I want to say 96 to 99 or 97 to 01 or 2000. And he just got back into office, I believe, two years ago. It was about a 20-year stretch where he was out of office, and I think he got reelected in 2020 or 2021. So this is a guy for a quarter century that knows the capabilities and the, the hell-bent nature of Hamas, Hezbollah, or any other terrorist group on the security and sovereignty of Israel. So how you could have your, your guard down uh, on Saturday, considering the historical significance of the date and the anniversary and the religious holiday or whatever, with all the connections, like on those days... You know, that would, that would be like something, again, happening on well, September 11th. And I know Benghazi happened in 2012, but... Well, we can look at, like, there's going to be a lot of time to discuss, the, you know, the intelligence failure. There was an intelligence failure here on on, uh, on September, September 11th. 11th. Uh, intelligence f- uh, failures have. There was a report uh, yesterday, I think, where... Uh, Egyptian, uh, some of his Egyptian counterparts were, were warning him that, that, that something big was going to happen. I I get it, but you can make the same you know excuse for what happened on September 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Trish says the Nazis did the same thing in World in World yep. War Two. I agree. And what's the one common denominator? What's the one common denominator here? The Jewish people. Jewish people. It, it is. There are. It is. These. This group of people have to be scared for their life every day. Of it, it is just. I can't imagine going through life like that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there, there's so much hatred. I, I so much hatred. I said earlier in the show. I think there's far more, far much more anti-Semitism than racism in this country. But they haven't. There's an entire religion that wants them wiped off the face right. of the earth. How do you combat that? How do you combat that? This is a pro-Palestinian protester. Okay. This is what uh, these people are up against. Speaking, celebrating the Hamas killing. Uh, talking about there was a story yesterday where there was a there was like a rave party or something in the middle of the desert, you know, because all of these people were on holiday and um, you know, they were just hang, hanging out, having fun, you know, and literally vans of Palestinians came up and just wiped them all out. Mm-hmm. And this pro-Palestinian speaker who was speaking in Times Square uh, celebrated it. Cut one. When the Palestinians broke through the fence, they put the F-35s on <laughs> By the way, you watch the video right now on mm-hmm. YouTube. There's not a small number of people there. Yep. That 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 is a pretty large gathering. Yes. Of people and largely all adults yes. as well. Uh, I'm gonna pick off right where I left off. And as you might have seen, there was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. But I'm sure they're doing very fine despite what the New York Post says. But nobody had seen this coming. Every Israeli official said it was a complete surprise. And I think we have to sit with that because as of just a couple days ago, they said that surprise wasn't possible. 
They said we control every inch of Palestine. No, they don't. They said we have walls, we have cameras, yes, we have traitors too, and there's nothing they can do that we won't see of what we do. They were so arrogant. But just less than 24 hours ago on the land, from the sea, and from the air, the people of the Gaza These people live among us. That's all so, I'm saying. I, I don't think people, and I, I'm going to spin this or shift this towards the reaction in this country to this story. I don't think Americans are surprised at how many Muslim people there are in this country. I don't think people are surprised of how many radical Islamics, r- Islamic extremists there are uh, across the globe. I think Americans are a little surprised this morning at just how many people are pro-Palestine in this never-ending conflict i i think that is the part where because right there those people in that video i don't know if they're just pro-palestinian if they're actually radicalized extremists but i think people are surprised to see in the streets of philadelphia or the streets of new york these pro-palestinian protests in marches that i think americans are probably like oh okay i didn't realize it was to this extent i think that's part of it this uh, the last two days really well our our news media is doing a really bad job of both side, both siding this, you know, and, and I'm going to play an example uh, from the NBC Nightly News. I think it happened Sunday night. Maybe it was last night. I'm not sure. But there's this both siding of this of, well, how do the Palestinians feel? Well, how do the uh, how do the uh, how do the Jewish people feel like? No, th- there's there's no both sides in this. There's there's not. It It, it is it is one group who was slaughtered by another group right that that's not both sides yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to both side it when you have 900 plus israelis murdered old young infant female male adult minor it would almost be like trying to both side something that happens here locally where a group of people try to attack and kill a bunch of police officers at a police precinct. Imagine if that happened here, and then you both sided it. Yeah. Well, it's wrong to do that, but yep. the police... Like, no, stop. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from that standpoint. All right, this is NBC Nightly News with their report uh, showing both sides. Cut three. There were rallies across the U.S. today, both in support of Israel and in support of the larger Palestinian cause. It comes as security was ramped up at synagogues and mosques nationwide. Kathy Park reports from New York. Tonight, the crossroads of the world becoming a deep dividing point with Palestinian supporters on one side of the street. What brought you out here today? Uh, to stand against, uh, against the oppression that's been uh, occurring in Palestine for the, over the past five decades. Palestinian people have had enough. While yards away, a tense face-off with dozens standing up for Israel. We have a right to exist. We're not wrong. I have friends who live in Israel. I have family who live in Israel. I've seen violence there before. We've all seen that, but this is really on a, on another level completely. As you can see, emotions are running high. This rally is now on the move. We're told they are headed straight to the Israeli consulate. And similar scenes playing out across the country. 
The growing movement on both sides heightening security from coast to coast. The NYPD keeping close watch on the ground and in the air, launching drones to monitor today's events. While in Salt Lake City, police increased patrols following unspecified threats targeting Jewish institutions. Synagogues in Miami Beach and Beverly Hills ramping up their presence too. Tonight, the crisis in the Middle East fueling demonstrations thousands of miles away. But despite the conflict, some hope for peace. People around the world need to be hopeful, you know, here in America and around the world, because whatever divisions we have, our humanity supersedes them. And Kathy's with us here in New York. So New York City's taking some extra measures now. Kate, that's right. We saw that today, and we understand that those extra ex- efforts will extend to synagogues and mosques until further notice. Kate, Kathy Park, thank you. Hmm. I, I don't. I just. I just feel like we're we're doing a really. The media is doing a very bad job of. Well, media, one side is looking at it this way, and the others no. There's, well, there's the mainstream just, media does a bad job usually on ninety nine out of a hundred things. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, but, I'm wondering too. Go ahead. But with this, it's never like with the Ukraine thing. It was never, and I get it. That's a separate thing. But we never both sided that. No, if you weren't in a hundred percent support of Ukraine and defending exactly, them, you're so. Are you pro Putin? Like, no, I'm not pro. Exactly. Like what? That's my that's my problem with this is that. This this is the only conflict yeah. that the media seems to look at both sides on. It's really it, yeah that that's an interesting point, um, which is interesting because I feel like the media typically bought and paid for slanted coverage one way or the other. I was thinking about this too with just that clip specifically. I'm wondering how this is covered and how this plays out with the media if. The White House was currently controlled by a Republican and Donald Trump. But then another thing that another thought that popped into my head, seeing those New York uh, police officers in New York City from the NYPD having to deal with it. Can you imagine what it's like right now to be a cop? Nope. I mean, from the looting and the rioting to all the social social justice hogwash. And then, of course, you've got now like probably these officers in a million years never thought it would get to the point where they're patrolling Times Square and they 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 almost feel like they're standing on the uh, the West Bank or the Gaza Strip. You've got pro Palestine to your left, and on the other side of Thirty Fourth Street, you've got pro Israel. These guys are like, I just want to get out of my shift and go home for the day. Like, really? Don, do you have a comment on the both siding of this? I'm just curious your take on this. I I think all of us, especially in America, need to look at the big picture, and that is, as I always say, who's getting played. So the real player here is Iran, who wanted to be the spoiler and separate out and make sure that Israel does not sign this accord and continue doing business or even having a cozier, friendly relationship between Israel and Saudi Arabia. That's what this is all about. Everybody needs to come together and understand that. And so what we need to look at is what is Iran's goal in all of this? And what is the U.S. policy right now? And so everybody needs to think about this, not get involved and and sucked into these very old, ancient, biblical Mm -hmm. arguments. That's what Iran wants. That's what the ultimate enemy wants. And they want it for reasons of, you can say religion, but the truth is it's about money Mm -hmm. and it's about power in this region. And did you see how some, I, I forget if it was Iran or Hamas, but somebody 
uh, implicated Russia involved in this, saying Russia has been supplying, and I forget what, I should know this, supplying something. But this is not, this is nothing new either. Because you go back to 2003 or you go back to Desert Storm, there has always been ties of Russia providing outdated military equipment that they no longer use to the Middle East. So you keep in mind, you try to connect the dots. You got Russia, Ukraine. You've got Iran, Hamas, Israel. You know, again, you look at a couple of these big nations, some stronger than others, and you lump them all under the the axis of evil, so to speak. And what's the common denominator? The United States of America. Uh, here's a montage put together by our friends at Gravy and CNN and MSNBC in Hamas's defense, because, you know, both sides cut four. And there has been uh, the most aggressive encroachment into the West Bank by this far-right coalition government of any that we've seen, uh, this mobilization that has been going on for a year and that is reaching critical points, uh, not completely observed by the outside world, frankly. Provocation. Do you hear what Andrea Mitchell saying there? Yeah, she's and- she's saying that this is, well, there mm-hmm. this far-right government's encroaching into, like, are you are you effing kidding me? To, to your point of the both-sidism here, how, how wild is it that we are living in a world in 2023 where American media is almost trying to present both sides of the story? And I know you disagree with it, Greg, but it, they're, they're kind of trying to play it down the middle, even though it's not a down the middle issue. Yet when it comes to American politics, Democrats versus Republicans, the mainstream media doesn't play it unbiased and down the middle. Yep. Everything yep. skews far left. It's almost like the mainstream media is saying... Republicans, MAGA Republicans, conservatives are a bigger threat to America than Hamas and any other terrorist group. Let that sink in. So a a grandmother that goes into the Capitol on January 6th is a bigger threat to democracy than a radicalized extremist who would like to fly a plane into a tower. The problem the problem with these arguments is is that everybody's saying, well, well there's a lot of nuance to this and there's a lot of no no, there's something very primitive about this. There's something very primitive about groups of people going around and and ripping people out of their houses and killing them. And that deserves a primitive response. There's no nuance to that. There's just not. You know what I mean? Mhm. Like, like if that happened to, you know, God forbid, any of our families, we would we would want to extract revenge to hell with the consequences. Mm-hmm. And that's how they feel. And they deserve to feel that Even way. Even the most hardened criminals in big blue cities think these people are savages. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we keep going here. Day after day, time after time, um, it was was nonstop. And it seems like uh, the Netanyahu government is not willing to uh, to uh, to bring any peace to the region. It's conflicting for me because you have people in there and innocent bystanders that'll be involved in it, but at the same time, it's it's like, you know, what other choice did they have? Do you condemn what Hamas did inside Israel to Israeli civilians? They are dead and there are hostages. First and foremost, the Western media must really abandon this framework that has gotten us to where we are today. Okay, but I just want the, to... uh, the loss of civilian life is tragic in all sides. Uh, you've counted 70 Israeli deaths. There is more than 200 Palestinian deaths so far, more than 1,600. Entire, entire residential compounds are being wiped out. This is a war crime committed by Israel. What is more tragic or equally tragic? Crime is the blindness and the deafness of the world. Every single political avenue is blocked. Every single legal avenue 
for us is blocked. Like, don't underestimate people's desire for freedom, for ending the bondage and captivity. Pay attention to the destruction that Israel is doing. Make sure that these supremacists in the Israeli government are not, not going to turn the whole thing upside down. You know that they have been under besiegement since 2007, the biggest open-air uh, present. This is what leads to events that you want yeah, to discuss. So here's the thing. Let's remember that their lot is in part because they are in this almost prison. They cannot, you know, Israel maintains a, a border controls that are essentially a stranglehold. No, it's very hard to leave. It's very hard to... Uh, import anything. Boy, they wish that those same Israelis who were out there protesting the so-called judicial reforms would be protesting Israel's inhumane treatment of the uh, Palestinians who live under Israeli occupation. But that's just not something that's happening. The fact that Israel is an occupying power, the fact that Israel has violated international law and Palestinian rights, you spend taxpayer money on buying Israel defense uh, systems and trying those defense systems on Palestinians. You've got 2.2 million people crowded into 141 square miles. So they automatically become the victims of Israeli airstrikes because it's so crowded, because it's so densely populated. And it's basically like living, Alex, in an open-air prison. I couldn't think of a better gift for Benjamin Netanyahu right now than this kind of incursion. A better gift? I just... It's just nauseous. Everybody with the nuance in this whole thing. Wait, it's did he, just, make, he just make the case that what happened to Israelis is a benefit to Netanyahu? Yeah. Is he, I mean, I don't pay attention for to, power, to the election cycle. Is I guess he an election power. coming up? I don't know. Jeez, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> and that was, was that MSNBC or that, that was... Uh, that was a montage of both MSNBC and CNN. Jeez. Uh, the ADL's Greenblatt was on MSNBC's Morning Joe yesterday and actually did a very good job of blasting the network. Well, the network he's on. He, so he's blasting MSNBC. Uh, this is the Anti-Defamation League. Yep, yeah, for uh, calling Hamas terrorists fighters who... Uh, he asked, like, who's writing scripts for mm -hmm. you guys? This is cut two. So while I am sad and cope, trying to cope, I'll be honest, I am angry. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show and I love this network, but I've got to ask who is writing the scripts? Hamas, the people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera. They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women who tear kills children in front of their parents and then brings them over to gaza who literally we've heard all these reports and we know these aren't just reports these were filmed gleefully by the barbarians who committed these grotesque crimes they filmed, for example, an elderly woman in her home in one of these towns. They burned her alive in her house because she was too infirm to take out. And, you know, parading women, bleeding from the crotch because they were raped throughout Gaza while people hoot and holler and cheer. So look, you know, when we say, oh, this was an escalation, it was bound to happen, I am sorry. This was a massacre that was pre-planned. Yep. This was not destined to happen. It is not normal 
to shoot teenagers in the back, hundreds of them. So I just think, like, guys, get the story right. And all these pictures of, like, you know, missiles or the rubble in Gaza, please talk to the Israeli mothers and fathers who lost their children. Talk to the grandchildren whose grandparents were seized as hostages. And please stop calling this a retaliation. This is a defensive measure against an organization that is committed to one thing, killing Jews, not a peaceful resolution of a conflict, but murdering Jews. And if you're wondering if I'm exaggerating, please, I beg of you, everyone watching and everyone at this network, just watch the footage. That was Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League. And what here's the thing. I like he he said it exactly the way it is. Those are terrorists right there. So when we talk about the playing it down the middle or both sideism or defending one versus the other, how do you defend terrorism? Because on 9-11, short of anybody that was a radicalized extremist terrorist, not one person supported or stood by and applauded what happened on 9-11. So how do you try to argue on behalf of Hamas 22 years later as they go out and, again, this was not just a random occurrence, this wasn't one suicide bomber, this was a premeditated, preplanned, calculated attack months in the making. So I, I'm really surprised. I, I, I'm, I'm literally befuddled by the mainstream media that it's not more one-sided than it is. I'm thrown for a curve. I'm more, I'm more caught off guard by this than Israel was by, by the attack that occurred to them. Yeah. Uh, here's a little montage for everybody. Remember when the media told everybody that Trump was going to start World War III? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cut, th- uh, cut six here, uh, Daniel. Well, we're on the brink of World War III because Donald Trump took the worst possible option given to him in a slideshow. In this country, we have begun to overestimate the dangers of impeachment and underestimate the dangers of a deranged president retaining control over a nuclear hyperpower. We cannot wait around while Donald Trump is in control of the nuclear weapon. Your objection <laughs> to potentially going into World War III cannot be procedural. Biggest danger of the Trump presidency is that we are always just a Trump whim away from nuclear war. They say it's World War III, but I'm looking out my window, it's very quiet in those smoking craters out there. Has to be told that it's his job to avoid World War III. One Democratic congressman uh, sent me a note this evening and say this president wants this war. A future administration needs to find a way to put an end to the forever wars. They're in a new normal, and the new normal is forever war. But there's a you know big difference between ending the forever wars, uh, which he wants to do responsibly, and what seems to be President Trump's rather itchy Twitter finger. The objective needs to be uh, to end the forever wars. If Congress does not want to go to war, now is the time to start putting restraints on this president. And again, they've been giving him green lights all the way. Maybe it's because we're going to take on the military-industrial complex. <laughs> and- Okay, you get it. So Russia-Ukraine happens not under Donald Trump's watch, but under Joe Biden's. Israel-Hamas, the rising up of North Korea, Iran, China, spy balloons. I mean, you go on down the list, the southern border. And we haven't even gotten to crime in this country, inflation. Yeah, Donald's threat was such an unstable presence. Donald Trump. 
He's what did I say? Donald Threat. Oh, Donald Threat. I like that better, actually. <laughs> Donald Threat. In this corner, Donald Threat. So we've got Donald Duck, as Chris Christie has labeled it. I've labeled him Donald Threat. He's was He was a threat to democracy. He was a threat to World War III. Uh, he's got launch codes for nuclear weapons. He's got the big red button. He could, he's got the bigger button than Kim Jong-un has. Yet here's the swamp guy, yep. 50 years, mm-hmm. never accomplished a damn thing. And now all he does is go skinny dipping and take naps. And, and this is the guy that's leading us into World War III. Uh, John Kirby, spokesperson for the Pentagon, was on with, um, uh, with somebody on Fox News. And asked, he was asked about, uh, with all of this happening in the Middle East and Ukraine everywhere, do, does does the Biden administration, does Joe Biden still think that climate is the most existential threat that we as humans uh, face? And you'll all be happy to know that he does. Okay. Cut eight. Um, so now the United States is essentially involved in a war in Europe as we give a tremendous amount of military aid to Ukraine as they fight Russia. We also say that we are rock solid in our support of Israel as they now face a battle that is against, and we can get into this in a moment, but supported by Iran by all accounts. So given that the United States is now involved in wars that are taking place in Europe and also in the Middle East, I I, want to play this soundbite for you that is just last month in Vietnam and ask you if this still holds for the president. Watch. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. Given all the nuclear players in these two areas where we are now engaged on, does the president stand by that comment? Absolutely, he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It could, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth uh, over time. I mean, that's I don't know how more existential you can get to that. But that doesn't mean that we walk away from our obligations, our national security interests in very dangerous parts of the but world. John, you mentioned he, he said it was more frightening than a nuclear war. Is that it's more frightening than a nuclear war in this moment? <laughs> the president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the all of human life on the planet that's just science that's a fact martha but it doesn't mean that fact, we turn martha. our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world we've got broad national security commitments literally globally and we've got to mind all of them at the same time you mentioned two of them uh, obviously israel right now certainly uh, ukraine over the last almost two years now uh, we are big enough and powerful enough and effective enough nation to be able to look after all these disparate national security threats. And one of them absolutely is climate change. So as we know, so if you're ranking the threats to democracy and civilization, according to this administration, climate change, Mm -hmm. racism, xenophobia, homophobia, Ah, Russia, Ukraine, eh, uh, the Middle East, eh, Hamas, eh, come on. This administration is just, it, they are, see, this is what happens when you get so hellbent on an ideology or identity politics. And like, this would be like me never coming off of the, the opinion that DeSantis is the absolute best choice for the GOP to beat Biden. That was my stance when the show started. But as I saw Ron DeSantis not ready for prime time, and I saw Trump rallying the troops and getting indicted left and right in his polling numbers, what, what happened with me? I saw the new information, I adapted, and I changed my stance. Because it would be foolish to stay stuck on the DeSantis train. Yep. But this administration, through hell or high water, they will stay on what they're preaching. Green energy. 
All right, I think that's 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 all for part one. We part one, my God, that lasted like uh, two days. <laughs> it did. All right, so we're going to Dawn now? Yeah. All right, let's get a big three at 845 with Dawn Stenz. It's the big three at eight on Kale and Company. And good morning. We are sponsored the big three by Piazza Auto Group. So, number one, let's take you to the update of what's happening in the Middle East right now and what's happening as far as the U.S. military. So the question is, the world's largest aircraft carrier, the USS Gerald R. Ford, and also the USS Normandy, yes, they are headed toward closer toward Israel and toward supporting that nation. And in a huge show of force, the U.S. announced the deployment of the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group to the Eastern Mediterranean. You know that on Sunday as they now move closer to that region. This is the world's largest aircraft carrier and some of the best U.S. fighter jets dispatched to help Israel in a huge show of force after, of course, Israel was caught off guard by that massive attack by Hamas. We have been updating you all morning long as far as the casualties rising with between 100 to 150 hostages taken as well as the death tolls rising now into, you know, presumed to be in the thousands as we go minute by minute, day four of Israel's, the war against Israel. And so uh, the U.S., by the way, has already begun delivering critically needed munitions and military equipment to Israel. This confirmation from the White House as the Pentagon reviews its inventories to see what else can be sent quickly to boost its ally in this now four-day-old war with Hamas. We know that uh, President Joe Biden, by the way, is scheduled to speak today to address the war in a speech today, 1 o'clock Eastern time. And so we wait for that, as well as we're learning, and I had reported earlier this morning, that in fact we learned why Joe Biden had perhaps put a lid on speaking publicly, he was being interviewed, and that was in the case um, by the special prosecutor interviewing him about his bank accounts and the so-called Biden family business and involving the big guy. So we wait for more word and confirmation on that, but that certainly explains why we did not really hear from hear much from President Joe Biden. We certainly did not see him on television addressing the public as he is expected to speak today at 1 o'clock. I'm going to take a turn from all of that and update you on a story that, by all accounts, would be making bigger headlines today, and that's the case of Daniel Penny on a New York subway. So we have an update here and a lot of testimony, and we're learning more about this case, and it's obviously being buried, but we had talked so much about this that I wanted to to give you an update, And, and that was some of the testimony from those witnesses who had talked about that deadly subway chokehold, so-called. And this is um, this is about 30-year-old Jordan Neely, who we now learn had a long history of violent attacks on subway riders. So we're hearing within the court testimony um, more about what happened that day. A mother and a mother testifying that uh, that she hid be she hid behind a stroller with her son as well as a, a high school student praying as this this suspect Jordan Neely yelled somebody is going to die today now he was ultimately placed in that fatal chokehold 
inside a packed New York City subway train. But these new these are new revelations. We've never heard this other side of the story as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so we now know some of the details. This is the first time they're being publicly disclosed in a motion to dismiss all charges against Marine United States Marine veteran Daniel Penny, Penny, who's accused of choking Neely to death in an effort to protect those other passengers. Wow, so a motion to dismiss everything. Yes. Good. I mean, we we mentioned when this happened, and I I said the the case is going to be interesting to follow in the fall, and of course there's been so many other big stories that this is once again pushed to the back burner. But, I mean, this was a guy, Neely, I think we had said, was it 40-plus priors? Or, or am I missing? Yes. I, no, you're you're correct. Okay. I, I lose track of all these people that have 40 plus priors that are still roaming the streets. So the, the court papers here are citing testimony. And, and these are, you know, well over a dozen witnesses uh, who were, you know, were called. We didn't hear much from the defense or the side of the story as to what motivated, you know, the, the Marine veteran, Daniel Penny, who's 24 years old who faces, you know, more than a decade behind bars. And so this ultimately was the DA, familiar familiar name Alvin Bragg had said no, this was this was a murder case. And we all heard all about Neely and he was a Michael Jackson, you know, he was a Michael Jackson impersonator or excuse, yeah, Jordan Neely mm-hmm. that he was a Michael Jackson, you know, impersonator yeah. and that he suffered mental illness, but we didn't hear much from those people who were protected. So, and how they feared for their lives. Just so I got this correct, the this is a, a case being prosecuted by Alvin Bragg? Yes. So Alvin Bragg has a, Donald Trump and uh, Daniel Penny in his, his crosshairs. Yes. He might be the most disliked prosecutor in America right now. Yeah. So now we're finally hearing from, you know, retirees. The one retiree saying, I've, I've, never, I've never felt a fear like this. They feared this guy. And ultimately say that, that when Penny grabbed Neely from behind, it was to protect all of these people, elderly, a mommy with a baby, like all these different people, a high school student on, you know, using public transit to get to school. And, and now we finally hear the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S. Marines defense attorneys or, or Marine veteran, I should say, defense attorneys saying all of these charges should indeed be dismissed. Wow. Just want to, you know, just want to update that because it's not going to make any headlines and nobody's going to talk about it today mm-hmm. because of obviously the war in Israel and everything going on there. But I'll just point out to you that um, if convicted, Penny faces up to 15 years in prison. Yeah. Which and, is outrageous. N- yes. And now with this latest, these latest uh, moves and defense attorneys moves, uh, the Manhattan DA's office and Alvin Bragg, who they like to hold these news conference, no comment. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course not. No comment. Okay. So I'm going to take a turn just again. This is other news of the day. So yesterday I had said amid everything happening in Israel, we saw oil prices, right, jump 3%. But there's other news in, in, in health news, and that is that, uh, first of all, sugar prices, not just oil prices, but sugar prices are going to jump. But something that you might use sugar for, this is good news. Habitual tea drinking is there's very good news and new evidence that a hot cup of tea or any cup of tea a day um, reduces the risk of heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, premature death. Mm -hmm. And the new research says 
that especially if it's a cup of dark tea every day, just one cup, that it will help you manage your blood sugar levels and greatly reducing the risk of type 2 diabetes. Right. So, which is on the rise in America, as we know. That is correct. I think Dom's a big tea drinker. I think he drinks a cup of tea while he does the show. I used to be a big tea guy. I like the uh, the herbal throat coat tea with all the organic stuff in it, slippery elm. and It's very good for you. Damn right it is. And literally, a dark the dark tea is specifically had a 47% lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes and a 53% lower risk of being diagnosed with prediabetes. Yep. Than people who don't drink, especially the dark tea, but any tea is good. Now. Yes, drink it straight up. Now, yeah. Don't don't put four sugar packets in it or uh, squeeze uh, <laughs> eight ounces of honey in it, with, which is loaded with sugar. <laughs> well, especially with sugar prices going up along with the oil prices. That's right. Yeah, just but any tea, but especially the dark tea. I just want to point up that out is this this study is an amazing study. So there you go. There you go. Everything's Frank beneficial. I like it. All right. <laughs> Piazza Auto Group, thank you for sponsoring us today. Piazza Auto Group is good for you, too. New, our, our own personal research shows. That's correct. <laughs> right? Shop the entire Mazda crossover and SUVs lineup at Piazza Mazda of Westchester and Reading. 2023 Mazda CX-5, CX-9, CX-30, CX-50, all available for immediate delivery. Find yours at PiazzaMazda.com. Thank you piazzaautogroup.com for sponsoring our big three yes and i've been told that anybody that leases a 2023 honda ridgeline reduces their chance of cancer by 21 percent see that's our story we're sticking with it it's not in my script it's just science piazzaautogroup.com all right that'll do it for the eight o'clock hour we've got john brazier of the phillies coming up at 9 30 but we'll kick off the final hour with two very interesting stories another biden bears all oh no naked yeah yeah Get to YouTube, folks. Well, we have the oh, we'll have the food. We have the photos exclusively from YouTube. Yes. Awesome. We had Daniel Valdez staked out like a photographer for the <laughs> DailyMail.com. He was hiding in a bush. Yeah. And we'll get to that when we come back. Hour number four of Kale and Company as we continue Talk Radio twelve ten WPH. Looking ahead on Sunday, the uh, Jets and the Eagles at MetLife Stadium Sunday at four twenty-five p.m. And it looks like the Eagles right now are minus. What are they here? Do 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 do. Minus six and a half. I would jump on that right now. The Eagles at minus six and a half because I, I I think that's going to go up uh, before the week is over. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with the Valley Sports Casino. It's America's number one sports book right now. New customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL, and is the official partner of 1210, WPHT 21 and over. President PA. First online real money wager, only $10 the first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdrawable. Bonus bets expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of uh, sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. I want you to listen in and I want you to make a call today. Just a call could change your life because the future of joint pain relief is right here in Philadelphia. QC Kinetics Advanced Regenerative Medicine. It's amazing. If you've been told, oh, more steroids or even surgery, are your only options? Hang on. 
Just get a second opinion. Will you do this today? Learn more about how you can harness your body's own healing agents. So the answer is right within you. You're walking around with the answer. So make the call and find out how you can harness your body's own healing agents, which are going to attack that joint pain and heal you. I'm talking lasting relief here. QC Kinetics does not just mask the pain. No, 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 no. These treatments go to the very core of the problem using concentrated healing properties, which are placed directly into your joint, that aching joint. And then what happens next? I'm told, I was recently told by a friend, it's, it's like magic, okay? It's placed directly into your joint and it restores and repairs your damaged tissue. And so just imagine this for a moment, living your life, especially this fall, beautiful, sunny, crisp weather, no more pain in your knees, oh, your hips, your aching shoulder, your back. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. And life is about moving, motion. So I want you to get moving. First, make the call. But call the local medical professionals. Get a free consultation today. QC Kinetics is where it's at. It's the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Would you just call? Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.